0: Eight three three six eight seven zero seven zero zero. From the highways of America, here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that, from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe.
1: And welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I am your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. It's all the same name at Trend Chat 24-7. We're available here at trendchat 247com and as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, most popular podcast outlets across the board. Just put in the name Trend Chat and you should come up. And um, we appreciate you listening and... Thanks for for coming, you know, for coming on and listening to your host, Brian Blesso. So, we're going to continue our candidate series with Joe Walls. He is running for the 22nd um district uh for U well, for US Congress in the 22nd district in texas so we'll talk with him and um as of right now we have two or three more and um as we you know we said in previous episodes we want to make sure we get all the interviews out especially before super tuesday because um uh, as of right now all the candidates that we have are from texas but um super tuesday you know it's a it's a uh, a list of states that's why it's called super Tuesday because it's not just one state so um i know alabama and um texas I, I don't know off the top of my head but there are a number of primaries on march the third so um so uh, yeah so as of right now we're on schedule to have every interview out before then um as of right now we'll pretty much will have um, the last one will be on the last week of February. Or so. so, so unless we schedule another one right on on Tuesday, which kind of would defeat the purpose a little bit, <laughs> uh, I guess. I mean, we could have it that morning, and people could listen to it in the in the morning. Maybe someone changes their mind by listening to the podcast. Hey, I, you know, if I could change one person's um, mind on a candidate not so much me changing their mind but maybe they just hear the podcast and like oh well, I guess I should give so and so you know a shot and um, maybe I might vote for them in primary instead of someone or, or just vote in general because some one thing about these primaries is um, a lot of people don't go out to the polls anyway so maybe it might motivate someone to actually go vote for someone by hearing an interview on here so um <laughs> but um um that be that'll be something else to know by listening to an interview on this podcast. Um, motivated someone to go to the polls and vote, which would be I would like to hear that. Actually, if someone felt that way, please send a, send us a message on any of the social media. Matter of fact, I, this is another thing I don't mention really is our email address is <laughs> is it's, uh, it's Trenchat. 24 7 at gmail.com So I don't think I've ever mentioned that But that's our email address if you want to email us um, So Matter of fact I think I'm going to be Mentioning that again because I have something else I wanted I <laughs> wanted to talk about But I'll, I'll bring it up at, at The end right before we Sign off so um, Speaking of Alabama saying about The primary on March 3rd uh, You know what This is something I really don't <laughs> I don't do on the podcast, but I'm I'm going to ask the, the audience and anyone who is listening. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask two things. This is the first thing, and the second will be later on. I want to ask the audience who will anyone who is listening, if and um, like I said, this I don't I don't do this at all. But I'm I, I want I want to really try this, and I'm going to use as many avenues as possible to try to get this particular interview. So as I mentioned about the candidate series and everything that I'm doing, you know, and as we're recording, we're in Montgomery, Alabama. So just on the road as, as usual and coming from Houston this morning and, um, delivering here in um, Montgomery. And I would like to get Jessica Taylor, um, as part of the candidate series uh, and if anyone's listening if they have any connections um, email us at trinchat247 at com and see if we can maybe get her on before <laughs> the March 3rd primary so just I just want to put that out there I mean I don't know uh, I know I mean we've tried we've sent messages ourselves we haven't really gotten any response so so I guess I just try this just because <laughs> uh, okay, but um, again i'm I'm asking that favor for whoever listening and as I said, we're gonna go on with our candidate series with Joe walls and we'll play that interview um coming up in a, in a few minutes. But I also wanted to mention this. Well, it's, I guess it's around this week. I guess we can just say is that it is the three year anniversary of Trenchat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, okay. That was louder than I thought it was going to be. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this is the three-year anniversary of trend it was around this time i I, i've actually forgotten i know it's like the second week in february i know that much and we were in denver colorado i remember that much at a pilot truck stop downtown denver (laughs) because i remember which is still true now actually i i said i was The show was going to start at a particular time. Actually, that was the first episode. So I was thinking that, okay, I could put in, okay, every show is going to start at eight o'clock on whether on Tuesday or Thursday or whatever. That's what I was thinking it it would work. And I found out on the first episode that me being on the road is almost made that impossible to say is I can have it at a particular time, even if I record it. Ahead of time, because of the nature of being on the road, I never know. At if I set a particular time, I never know where in the country I am, and if I have reception to even upload the, the episode. So I can say, all right, chat is going to be on at nine o'clock every you know every Thursday, and then I will be in some area that has no cell. Um, coverage to upload no Wi Fi, no nothing. Cause as a truck driver, you tend to go to sometimes, you know, go to areas that doesn't, you know, don't have good service. And some of these places don't have Wi Fi. And it happens all the time. And I found out on the first episode, this is going to be difficult to put us, you know, a set time. Um, because I remember I was an hour late on the first episode. <laughs> From what I was um, from the time I put in because I remember I got behind, got behind in traffic, and the the signal wasn't great, and because so, I was trying to do it live. So anyway, <laughs> I, yeah. And the first episode was done with just the Spreaker app, which we're still on now. We're on Spreaker, and but that was it though. That's all we had. Because the mic we use with just the regular Bluetooth mics, pretty much, you know, your Bluetooth headset that, you know, every, everybody use. So the only difference from that first episode to this episode is that we have a better mic <laughs> um, where uh, you know we don't just have a little headset on, which you can hear. If you go all the way back, the first episode introduction to trend chat and all that, you will hear the difference. Um, not saying that we're so much better <laughs> three years later, but we're a little bit better, at least I can say that. So, in saying that, I'm thinking I know we've mentioned before about the future of Trend Chat, and we're thinking that you know, given this, the you know, we're around the three year anniversary of it. And we were looking to at least get to January 2021. And so thought about it a little bit more. And, you know, given the fact that, um, you know, fair is pretty much will be the anniversary, the four year anniversary. We just kind of decided, okay, well, if we're going to stop, if we're going to stop, because right now we don't know, but right now it's kind of 50, 50, but if we are, It'll probably be February of 2021 just to kind of cap it off on whenever on the anniversary, <laughs> the four year anniversary of of So it's just a couple more weeks. So, <laughs> um, and, but that's given if we are going to stop, if not, then we just keep on moving and, um, just do like we're doing right now. <laughs> but, um. But yeah, it's it, it's kind of funny. I mean, when I saw last week and just thought about, it, oh yeah, it's, it's going to be three years. It's kind of, I can't really, it feels like, I know it sounds so cliche, but it feels like yesterday that I was doing this and I don't feel like I've been doing this a lot. I mean, this is episode 165 and still, I mean, I don't feel like I've been talking that much. 165 episodes that's the sounds that's a lot and wow it just anyway just time is flying let's put it that way so anyway um with all that being said with all the downloads we've had since then and i just want to say again like i mentioned um, in the beginning just thank you for listening and supporting us and we're and on top of that, we'll say like, share, and subscribe and to, you know, share it with others and let's continue to grow uh, Trend Chat even more. So, so, with that being said, with uh, with that, I just want to mention about 1776United.com because in these three years, um, they have came along and have... You know, been supportive, and we just want to give them a shout out. And also, if, if you check out 1776united.com, put in the code trend chat. No, well, hold up. Matter of fact, it has changed. <laughs> That's one thing I, that has changed in the past three years is that the code for, um, <laughs> for, 1776 because there's a number of websites whenever someone gets a hold of your your promo code and it goes on some site and then it gets spammed or whatever anyway so we all had to change it but so with 1776 united.com it was just Trenchat. chat that's the code it used to be something else but now it's just Trenchat like the name of the show Trench hat and you get 20 off on your purchase so on 76united.com you can check out all the mugs you know nice you know patriotic stylish um shirts and you know hats and, and whatnot nine time out of ten probably seen me if, if you ever were if you ever seen me <laughs> um anywhere i'm normally wearing one or the other either either a shirt or a hat <laughs> Um, I know like like today I'm wearing It's Okay to Love America um, long sleeve shirt from 1776united.com so check them out, put in the code TRENTCHAT and get 20% 20 off on your purchase Hello, this is Brian Blutzel host of TRENTCHAT also, contributor at Politichicks.com. Here to tell you about the new book called Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, with over 300 pages from contributors like myself talking about topics such as education, social issues, healthcare, the Second Amendment, and, of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at Politichicks.com and is also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble.
0: Hey, I'm Amy Robbins. And I'm Emily Valentine. And we are not, not your, your average gun, gun girls. girls. And you're listening to Trun Chat with Brian Bledsoe
2: all right
1: so um I guess we'll talk a little bit about these oscars i know <laughs> a lot of you probably didn't watch it i, I was thinking after i um uh, after the episode last week and it, it, it came to my attention even though i was already maybe thinking about the oscars and maybe seeing news about that here and there but it wasn't until after it was over i was thinking i didn't give any oscar predictions or anything which i normally do um, just for a couple of categories, but I didn't give any, mainly because I didn't, I didn't think anything about it. I forgot that the Oscars was was coming up, um, uh, this past Sunday. So, but anyway, looking back at it, I would have been probably, uh, would have been about half right on some of those. Um, but Yeah. I would have got the best picture wrong. Cause I would have said 1917, but Parasite is the one that won best picture. I would have gotten best actor cause, but then th- that's not really a stretch. I think most people saw Joaquin Phoenix winning, um, best actor for Joker. And then he went up there and talked about, um, milking cows and how wrong that is. And, 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 and yeah, but, <laughs> um, But I know some people were, I guess, even if they didn't watch it, kind of the um, one of the the pieces of, I guess, somewhat controversy is like Brad Pitt coming over there, making his like um, taking a little jab at Republicans because John Bolton didn't testify during the impeachment trial and all that. And so which is not surprising. Um, coming from, (laughs) coming from Hollywood, honestly, the one thing that I found to, well, it wasn't surprising. This wasn't surprising either, but it just, it was as disheartening to hear as when the Golden Globes were going on to hear Michelle Williams talk about, you know, how, um, I don't she was glad she, she had the choice to kill her baby. So she, so she can get this award. I mean, as, as sad and disheartening to hear that. Um, but again, when I heard that, then it's not surprising coming from Hollywood because there are, the, you know, I've said a good number of them, at least the ones that are vocal are pro abortion. they So it's not surprising that they will be have no problem to get up there and talk about, um, you know, slaughtering children. (laughs) Basically, that's what it is, no matter how they want to um, soften that. But that's what they're um, clapping for. And during the Oscars, you had um, the the people behind, I guess, the best documentary. Go up there and quote the com, uh, Communist Manifesto. To um, cheers from, the, you know, pretty much the same group of people that were cheering Michelle Williams at the Golden Globe. Same group of people, regardless. It's it's all the same people going to all these award shows and hearing her talk about workers of the world uniting, all that quoting the Communist Manifesto and getting applauded for that also want to say it's not surprising on two levels it's not surprising because it was you know just a a group of hollywood leftists and democrats and all of them in a, in a crowd that's not surprising to hear them cheer the communist manifesto i mean look at the candidates that are running in the democrat party yeah they'll be clapping along too so if they heard that so it's also not surprising because of who were uh, the producers or the producing company behind that documentary. It was Barack and Michelle Obama. That's not surprising. The that they would be sympathetic because that, you know, I'm not going to go all the way and say, oh, what, you know, because she quoted the communist manifesto. That means Barack and Michelle Obama are communists. No, not going to go that far. What I will say is that they're at least sympathetic <laughs> enough to to work with them. <laughs> I will say that. That said, the, at the very least, they're sympathetic towards, um, uh, communists in a way. <laughs> they're sympathetic. Well, put it this way. At the very least, they're sympathetic to communist sympathizers because the- she, um, she may not be a communist, but she's probably is sympathetic too. So we're just at the very least is that, which even that is, you know, is concerning. It wasn't concerning enough back in 2008 and 2012. So, oh, well, <laughs> but I, out of everything that happened in, at, at the Oscars, that was the the one thing that really um, was just it's revealing Unfortunately, it's not revealing enough for people to, you know, to understand where these where these people are really talking about, whether we're talking about in the Democrat Party and their close ties, their sympathetic nature to communism. And I'm just saying that nicely (laughs) because because. You could very well go further than that and just say they're just straight up communists. But I'm just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they at least sympathetic toward it. And that right there is alone, alone is enough to where I just couldn't, can't run with the Democrat Party if they're going to at least, just to be sympathetic to some, to an ideology that would, um, that is so anti freedom, anti religion anti-christianity in particular. <laughs> and so just going from that um that would be alarming. And it would be alarming if you haven't really no- have noticed that already <laughs> because it's not like they've been sneaking around with it. There've been plenty of times where they've basically made this infra- um made this um this connection. <laughs> um if you just a, just a second and hear what they're really saying and and what they're how they want to implement their policies as well but that's yeah that was the one thing that just really stuck out there's other things that i can care less i'm not even going to get into a, a lot of it but that right there was is something that i um i think it was very telling uh and i think it's just going to get they're going to get even more open with it Cause I mean, like, you know, he had 2016 and, and as well as now you got someone who has no problem, um, calling themselves a socialist as far as, you know, Bernie Sanders and here he is. He's, um, so I guess he won in Iowa now after, after a week, it took them that long to figure out. So he, I think he won now and now he has won the New Hampshire, um, primary so here, here you go and you got a, a socialist and a socialist is all, is basically a communist um on a just on a what secondary level like it's not it's not far to go from socialist to communist let's put it that way but um but unfortunately i think we a lot of people don't really make that connection and and it's not just him because it's not like it would be if, um, if any other candidate, because they, if they're not just outright calling themselves socialists, they're pretty much right there with them close enough, or they're just a couple of steps away from it. So, so none of them are that, not that far away from, um, from Bernie. Um, so, but anyway, um, we're going to get to our interview with uh, with Joe Walls, as I mentioned. <laughs> and um matter of fact, we're going to get to it right now. So without any further ado, let's get to our interview with, with Joe.
0: This is Trend Chat. Hello, this is Trend Chat.
1: And we are very pleased to have Joe Walsh with us. He is running for the 22nd District, Congressional District, in Texas. And we wanted to bring him on and talk about his campaign and and,
2: and other things. So,
1: hey, Joe, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: So, well, first question for people that, you know, that don't know because, you know, it's, this is <laughs> – I, not trying to brag, but it is listened across the globe. In, a, in some places, I mean, even Germany. Some places, I don't know. But for those people that don't know what the 22nd district of Texas is, let them know what that is.
2: Yeah, the 22nd district of Texas is. A, it's kind of a historic district. It's had a lot of uh, strong conservatives represent that district in the past. It's basically southwest of Houston, the suburbs of Houston. Uh, that includes a lot of Fort Bend County, a big portion of Brazoria County, and then a few portions of Harris County. So, uh, very diverse district. It's the most diverse district in all the United States. We've got over 100 languages represented, and, and you know, every color, creed, and, and motto you can think of.
1: Okay. And so, I also, I guess, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Um, I, I saw on your, um, On your website that um, you are a veteran. Uh, First off, thank you for the service. Also, I'm a veteran as well, so um, definitely thank you for your service. Yeah, and um, and yeah, and and just going through there. So yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, so I was born and raised in in my district. Um, I have two sisters. We were raised here. Uh, We were less than wealthy, uh, to put it mildly. You know, we went without a lot as children, but. Uh, We had parents that kind of taught us, you know, they brought us up on Texas values, if you will, and uh, just hard work and perseverance and never expecting a handout, you know, and working for everything that you wanted. After uh, 9-11, 14 months after 9-11, I enlisted. I was 17 years old and went off to the Army. I spent 11 years serving my country, had two trips to Iraq, um, spent some time in Korea and Alaska. Finished off right in the heart of America in in Kansas. When I decided to come home, it was because I got custody of my oldest girls, and it was time to get out of the military and be home more. So we moved back. um, I went to Kansas State University and got all my helicopter pilot ratings. We moved back and moved in with my mother-in-law for a few months and started a business with really about three hundred dollars, and grew that business. It's now a little over six years old and. Uh, it's mildly successful, you know. I haven't gotten rich off it or anything, but we employ a few people and and we're still operating. Uh, my wife's a law enforcement officer. She's also in the Texas National Guard. Uh, she's an intel analyst. She's been doing that for well, she's going on eleven years now, also, and um, and I fly air medical, so light for a company here in the district. Um, that's kind of our our thing. Is my wife is the daughter of immigrants and, um, I've just grown up a Patriot, you know, myself. And so we've always been kind of about service and, and sacrifice. And we've always been drawn towards careers that, you know, serve the country and serve our community. And, and we just embody that completely as a family. And, and we're really proud of that.
1: So, well, I guess quick aside, cause, I, um, I do want to ask. So, where in Korea? Because I, I was in Camp Humphreys in Korea.
2: That's where I was at. I spent uh, from 2005 to 2006. I was at Humphreys. Okay.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, I was in
2: Humphreys for uh, 2000. Actually, well,
1: yeah, it was 2003. <laughs> now think about it. It was 2003. Oh, right before me. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh uh. I'm trying to March 2003 to July 2004. Okay. Yeah,
2: you yeah. you set you laid laid the groundwork for me.
1: One <laughs> well, I want to ask you is, um, so what inspired you to run?
2: Well, the the very first thing was was my daughters, um, seeing kind of the way the world was turning and and some of the things that were openly being discussed and accepted in some parts of the world and some parts of the
0: United States. You know, you start talking about late term. Guys, as we get older six eight seven zero seven zero zero abortion and
2: and you know people claiming sixty four different genders and and that kind of thing it left me kind of thinking what what is the world gonna be like you know when my oldest daughter here turns eighteen in five years, you know she becomes an adult or my fifteen month old daughter, you know eighteen years from now is becoming an adult what what's America gonna be like? And how do I prepare them for that? And um, it just struck me that, that I've never been about waiting to see and kind of playing second fiddle. And I, I decided I was going to make sure that the America I wanted for them was there when they got there. And so I filed to run for the election. Um, you know, I've been uh, maybe antagonized a bit by people like Bernie Sanders and AOC and Rashid Tlaib who will openly call for mm-hmm. – um, destructive economic policies and socialism and single payer health care, which at being a veteran who could access single payer care through the VA, I spend $700 a month on private insurance because I don't want anything to do with that system because it's just not, <laughs> it's just not quality care. Um, and so I, you know, I, I could have done a lot of things and people kind of ask, why don't you run for local office or anything like that? Well, my, my life's been kind of focused on the federal level, and I think the biggest issues we have are on the federal level as far as, you know, impeding on our rights, whether that's the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, Fourth Amendment. You know, there's so many ways that the government at the federal level has, has kind of bullied their way into our lives in ways in which they're not constitutionally allowed. So, um, like I said, I filed, and, and that was actually back then, the incumbent was still going to – he was still running. He's since decided to retire, but um, I was going to primary him because I didn't see a lot of action. I didn't see the 22nd District represented the way that I, I expected it to be represented. So that's that's where the initial the initial push came from. And, of course, as you go out and you talk to voters, you learn there's there's other issues that weren't on the forefront of your mind. So you get to talk to them and hear their opinions and their issues. And uh, and most importantly, all the different ideas on how to solve them because I by no means – I have a lot of experience. I have a broad range of experience, but I don't know it all, and I don't claim to know it all. So uh, getting to talk to them and hear their ideas for the district and for America are really important as well.
1: Okay. And, and as far as – well, you say you were going to primary the incumbent, but um, do you have – is there a primary, you know – uh, how many well how many people are in the primary and all that or and how they go, 'cause I, you know,
2: just let people know. Yeah. No, for yeah, for people that don't know, it's it's the most hotly contested district in America right now. We have seventeen Republicans in the primary and the Democrats have three in, in their primary. Um the the kind of leading Democrat, the the previous Democrat nominee from two thousand eighteen, has already raised over a million dollars. Um and, and we also have People in our race that are self-funded and have shown to uh, personally spend six million dollars in a primary before for an open seat. So, what this it's a that's the biggest um, hurdle financially. Is there's a lot of money out there for this district, and um, we don't want the district to be bought and paid for. We want the district represented, you know, with with biblical principles and with Texas values, and with someone that's just like the average constituent of Texas twenty
1: two. Okay. Well, I guess wanna get into a little bit of the um the issues
2: and so I was seeing
1: the what issues on your website showing like uh Second Amendment federal spending, education, healthcare, um and term limits. And so I guess I wanna start off with uh the Second Amendment. Um well from what I what I read is said, you know, if you're a supporter of the Second Amendment and and I guess what I want to ask you is one thing for me just standing off the top of my head, especially in this past year or so, just uh whole i d you know idea about red flag laws, and I just want to ask what uh, what's your opinion on those
2: uh red flag laws have no place in america they they may be one of the most un american um freedom restricting proposals ever ever thought of um because not only do they you know uh infringe on the Second Amendment, they're also uh, easily easily going to be infringing on um even the First Amendment and fourth Amendment um There's no way that somebody's presented to me anyways to enforce red flag laws or to even have them and still be just under the United States Constitution as it applies really to the second amendment though the second amendment is not the second amendment doesn't give you the right to own you know keep in their arms it just affirms a right that god has already given every single person to defend themselves in any way shape or form you know david wasn't told he had to call somebody else to handle his problems um he was able to To defend his people defend himself the best way he could you know in ancient times that was a rock you know it may have been a stick in colonial times it was muskets but today it's it's you know it's everything we got we have a government that has satellites and drones and and everything under the Sun so to expect A nation. And what I love about the supporters of the Second Amendment, the patriots of America today, are that they recognize that we're a young country. And it wasn't, but, you know, about 250 years ago that our people needed the Second Amendment because they were scared to death of a government having a military, because the military is what the British used, you know, to. Quarter themselves in people's homes and to tax the people without representation and those kinds of things so i'm I'm proud to be a part of a community that understands that that um no matter how far we've progressed as a society those still those basic issues are there,
1: yeah, I know you know just like you said, whether it's a rock or a stick or a musket, I'm just you know technology changes, but our rights don't and so and so, regardless of whatever technology, even after, you know, in the future, I mean, that still doesn't give anyone a right to infringe on on our uh, on our rights to, you know, to defend ourselves. So, I know on the next uh, issue, you know, on the next issue was talking about. Well, you mentioned earlier about wanting to um to affect change on the federal level, and one of the issues is federal spending,
2: and so yeah you know if you're
1: in the house and wanting to rein in spending that's definitely not going to make you a very popular member up there <laughs> um, and so i just well i just want to ask so what i mean when it comes to federal spending and trying to um rein in some some of this spending that is very rampant um up in DC i mean what you looking to do
2: well, the, the first thing you need to do is you have to elect like, people like me, um, and, and I don't mean just for Texas 22. I mean across the board. You know, it's great to have one or two guys in there, you know, being an advocate for this, but you need about 430 more, you know, to really affect change. So, you know, I'm glad that you have kind of an international and national listening because people need to understand that that's that's the candidate they need to be looking at is who will actually do that because. Republicans for, for years have talked about fiscal conservatism until they're there. And and that's a really popular, you know, hot topic item with the voter. But once you get to D.C., all of a sudden, you know, that's like, oh, no, no, let's not talk about that. So the first thing we need is a balanced budget amendment. Um, we need it like, like life or death. Our country needs a balanced budget amendment because the federal debt has basically doubled every ten years um at that rate by the time my daughter is in college our country will be sitting on about 100 trillion dollars in debt and that's an unfathomable number um and and that's that's the start of it but then once you have the balanced budget amendment you go well, well how do you meet that budget and it's with zero based budgeting we need to justify every expenditure up and down the budget you know whether it's Department of Education, Department of Defense, you know, Health and Human Services, some of these, some of these entities shouldn't even exist, you know. Uh, so those are the, the two fastest ways to really balance the budget and start paying down that federal debt. Hello to fans of Trend Chat and Brian Bledsoe. The founding project an education nonprofit dedicated to civics, invites you to visit our brand new website. Visit us at thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. And, you
1: know, And what you just mentioned, I know personally I'm definitely a fan of of, um, decentralization of of the federal government. And I guess going into your next issue is talking about education. And I think that's, for me personally, that's one of those departments that need to be decentralized. And so um, you mentioned on your website about uh, Pell Grants as far as helping people that maybe, you know, don't want to go to a, you know traditional four year college and just look. Oh, I, well, I don't want to put words in my mouth, but I'm guessing it's something going towards like vocational training as well.
2: Yeah, you know the the and and there's I've I've been presented with a few ideas on this and and there's the pros and cons to things like the Pell Grant. Um, the Pell Grant, you know, there's nowhere where there's nowhere in the Constitution that says we should be giving anybody money for education. But if we're going to, and, and I'll tell you why, if if everybody in the country, or the vast majority of people in the country, qualify for an extra, for for a free, say six thousand dollars a year, to go towards secondary education, then the cost of education across the board goes up about six thousand dollars. So you're not getting any more value for it. You know, the schools getting more money, and the government is spending more money. But all it did is go through your hand. you're just the middleman, you know it's going to you just to go to the school and and you never see it um so it it really contributes uh towards inflation more than anything. But if we're gonna have something like that, then I really think that we need to be uh pushing people through their educational goals as fast as possible. You know if you're gonna spend six thousand dollars a year on a student for four years. Well, why, why don't we just spend it all up front, get them trained in, in a vocation in 12 to 18 months in jobs that we need people like right now. There's a huge shortage of aircraft mechanics, for example, um, just, just enormous gaps that we can fill and fill them quickly because having someone in school for four years for a degree that has almost no value in the public sector versus having them vocationally trained and employed 12 to 18 months after high school graduation, you know, yeah. contributing towards the workforce, we're developing a, a a tax base, and, and we're not wasting their time or money. Just the cost to live for four years in an apartment or dorm or, you know, feeding yourself and housing yourself and clothing yourself, you know, let's get that over with in a year and a half versus four or five years. It probably takes the average person four and a half, five years to get a bachelor's these days. So, um, that that would kind of be my my direction of thinking as far as it applies to education. But I I am completely open to abolishing the Department of Education altogether.
1: Yeah, and, and um, I, I think one step that as a society, or at least here in America, that I think we should um, try to get rid of this stigma of having a, of someone that doesn't go to a four year college that doesn't you know. That takes up a vocation because it, it it makes people for a long time it it made people feel like if you don't go to you know go to college or university if you don't have a degree and you know you just you know basically lesser than in a way and kind of really has made people who want to go towards vocation or taking this sort of vocational training to make it seem like they like they're you know not as smart. And I think that's one thing we need to really get away from that as well.
2: I know. I, one I agree, hundred percent. You know, something something that that could change people's minds when they're young, because, and and that's where we go back to local, you know, more local control over education, you know, decentralizing it from the federal government. Because if you could could um, affect the curriculum as a state school board and as a local independent school district, and stop pushing this college, college, college thing, and have some truck drivers and welders and, and aircraft mechanics come in and show people their pay stubs. I think a lot of young people would be extremely impressed. Um, You know, I know when I found out how much some of those men and women made, I went, holy man. I, I had no idea people were making that kind of money, you know, with just a little bit of vocational training. So,
0: um
2: yeah. and no debt, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's, a, it's an unbelievable path that, that we have to present to people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah,
1: it, I, yeah, I just think as a whole, it's just something that's, that just need to kind of, I guess, just broaden people's options. Cause it, it seems like we're just pointing everyone to just one direction. Like you have to do this, <laughs> go, go this direction to be successful. And that's, that's definitely not the case. So now one of the, um, what the other issue that you had on is is about health care and just by reading some, um your description I guess you're not a fan of Medicare for all
2: <laughs> no i'm not i'm not a, I'm not a <laughs> fan of anything that uh removes the incentive to work and I'm not for anything that indebts the country further than it's already indebted um, it's it's just it's so anti-freedom to to say that we're going to have something like Medicare for All because that means you're expecting to legislate people's salaries, basically. Doctors and, and healthcare professionals, and I work with these people every day, okay? I work with very skilled nurses who have been in their field for many, many, many years. And to to tell these people that they're going to work for X number of dollars after they've spent their money, you know, their family, and they have sacrificed for not only that bachelor's degree but also medical school and then their residency, they've dedicated at that point over a third of their life to post-secondary education, And, and it's cost them a lot of money. And some of them, their motivation is the money that they're going to make when they get to the end. Because if you're going to make half that, you may lose half the people that are aspiring to be a doctor, you know. So it's just it's just on that level, it's just wrong, I think, um, because you're expecting somebody to work for free or a lot less than they do now just because it feels good to you. And there's nothing in the Constitution – there's nothing in you know that our founding fathers ever talked about that says that healthcare is a basic human right, and and I'll tell you why. Healthcare involves people. That, that's forced labor in that case. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's, you cannot force a healthcare provider to provide healthcare, and call it a basic human right. Self treatment is a basic human right. Nobody should be uh prevented from trying trying um trial drugs if that's if that's their last hope, you know, if a, a, a new procedure or drug or treatment go for it, you know, whatever it is, try it. Self care is a human right, absolutely. Treat yourself, you know. But health care in a um professional setting, in a you know, professional sense is not a basic human right yeah
1: and and it's funny because there are so so many out there that are wanting to say that it, it is a human right and it's just it's the, coming from the same people that kind of want to make everything a human right so it's a, just a sense of entitlement that is um unfortunately um getting more and more accepted um um amongst the general public, but um hopefully we'll be able to to turn that around um, some way uh, yeah, hopefully, so, with all the issues that you have talked about, how long do you want to try to accomplish it all if you're also for term limits
2: well, you know, um. You can't tie those things together, you know. I had somebody tell me the other day that term limits were a disaster, and I think in Michigan is where they have them and he mm-hmm. said so our our Speaker of the House only had you know six years of experience or something like that and And my thought was, so what <laughs> um most most freshmen first you know first term second term uh congressmen and women go in with a whole lot of fire and energy, and they want to accomplish these things, right? And they're open to to anything that will get those jobs done, whatever it is, the federal deficit, the budget, environmental stuff. You know, look at you look at AOC. You know, you look at, at, at Dan Crenshaw. You look at these people that came in, and they had a lot of great ideas. And they got there, and they were told, okay, now shut up, and we're going to tell you how it really works. Maybe you can accomplish that whenever you get to my level. And that's the wrong way of thinking. So you have to separate those things, because if you look at once term limits are implemented and the average time that that people have been in the house is four to six years, and that's the maximum it will ever be, well, now you have a lot of people who are motivated to get these things done. They're not thinking about 20 years from now. They're not thinking about if they become speaker. 20 or 30 years from now, it's people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer that have been in there for three, four decades, uh, Joe Biden, that have completely crippled this country but gotten rich off of it. You know what I mean? We've yeah. gone in debt, but they've gotten more and more wealthy. Uh, the Clintons are a prime example. You, know, you go into politics, you go into government work as a quote-unquote public servant, and you're worth hundreds of millions of dollars just in my lifetime. You know, I can remember, I remember Bill Clinton being elected when I was a very, very young man. Um And I look at him now I go, I mean, all he was was the governor and then the president and then his wife was a senator. Like the money just doesn't add up. So um yeah, I'm absolutely for term limits because what I would do is work my tail off for those six years and, accomplish everything I possibly could and then hand it off to uh, uh, my successor and I would be proud to do that I'm not going to Congress to spend there you know spend my life there Uh, that's not my intention my intention is to do everything I can as quick as I can for the district and then let somebody else with some new ideas and and some energy because I'm going to wear myself out. Uh, whether it's two four or six years you're going to get every minute out of me that's just the way I work all right well, if people want to know more
1: about you, want to see these issues, and want to connect, and even even want to donate, where would they go?
2: JoeWallsForCongress.com. Last name is W-A-L-Z, and you can always find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, wherever wherever you want. The uh, the usual handle is at JoeWallsTX22. All right.
1: Joe, thank you so much for your time, and
2: we hope to have you on again soon. I appreciate it. Drive safe out there, man.
0: Hey, guys, this is John Miller with Blaze TV. You are listening to Trend Chat with Brian Bledsoe.
1: And thanks to Joe for joining us. And also just want to wish him a happy birthday as we are recording this. Um, well, um, just noticed that uh, he just had a birthday. So we want to wish him again, wish him happy birthday. So, and just, you know, thanks. And thank you again. Thank, thanks to him again <laughs> for joining us. And um, so also, Pretty much well. I'm almost certain you're listening to this at the earliest. It's going to be Valentine's Day. So for everyone, you know, happy Valentine's Day. And if, if not, don't worry about it. It's just another day, just Friday. (laughs) So, but, um, but yeah, so just want to, yeah. On top of, you know, wishing Joe happy birthday, on thursday it was and um but now also for the people for valentine's day like i said you know that's three years ago that's when we started it was on valentine week i guess it wasn't on the day but on the week of valentine's day so so i appreciate everyone listening now and also so the second thing so i didn't forget there was a second thing I wanted to ask of the audience that is listening. And I want to, you know, I'm going to ask before we get off, um, is so we here at trend Chat are able to see, I guess, uh, like stats, you know, the statistics of what, uh, whether where people are listening, I mean, we just know like the countries and maybe in the cities, we don't, we don't know. We don't have addresses, (laughs) but, but, um, but how, whether it's through Apple podcasts or Spotify, stuff like that. Anyway, all that to say, um, as I mentioned in the interview with Joe, that this is a international, um, broadcast because which is true. Um, I said it, you know with a chuckle because it it is true we see it in the stats we see that um different countries um listening to Trend chat I don't know how or why I appreciate them all uh whoever's listening but we see different countries we see India and um sometimes we see um uh Japan sometimes Germany and whatever like that anyway and I'm I'm grateful um that people from across the globe whether it's just one person <laughs> kind it kind of feels that way I guess maybe it's, <laughs> I don't know maybe it's just one one guy a woman or whatever in in India you know is listening to Trend chat and I appreciate it and so anyway it, it goes to this <laughs> I'm saying all of that to ask this um I mentioned about the our email is trenchat 24 7 at gmail.com or you can message us on all the social media facebook instagram twitter snapchat tiktok it's all at trenchat 247 24 7 you can message us there as well and i want to ask especially for international listeners and especially on top of that in our uh i guess what we see from the stats from all the different countries one country we see in particular or at least one region is the united kingdom and i just want to put this out here cuz it's obvious someone someone is listening consistently to this um to this podcast you are cons- consistently listen, listening to this podcast and i want to ask you know who who whoever you are in in uk in particular <laughs> i would love for you to just send us a message one way or another, whether on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Trench at 24 seven or email Trench at 24 seven at gmail.com. The reason I, I just, I'm, I'm focusing particularly on UK because although we see all these other countries, they, they go in and out. Sometimes they're there. Sometimes they're not. Um, sometimes we'll see uh, a Germany. Then we don't see it again for a couple of months. I don't know why it, but, but the one constant is UK. And actually, actually, it's like one area in the UK. It's close to London, actually. Um, in the London area. And it's, it's a constant every time. Every, it's always that particular area. And I just want to know who, uh, who there is listening. Uh, I, I'm so curious about that. And not only that, but I'm also curious about anyone else that is listening in, in uh, any other countries as well as here in America, because it's like 90%, 95% U S. So it's open to everyone, but I'm, I'm really want to, I'm curious about the people who are listening overseas. Cause I just want to know why and kind of un- understand why. Um, so anyway, that's enough rambling for me. Cause that was a long way to get to that, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Everyone, everyone listening again trendchat 247com all you know I keep saying all it's most (laughs) um, popular podcast outlets Google um, Google Play Apple Spotify Radio blah 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 (laughs) thank you for listening when we will continue these candidate um, interviews and we'll uh, we have two or three more so Thanks again for listening and to, and until next time, we'll chat with you later.
0: Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop mother nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections, they're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm, Honey, where do we keep the birth certificates? Why... Buying socks? Socks. I'll check upstairs. It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at norton.com news.